It's very rare that we have the visit of someone who has had so much extensive and very intimate relationship and experiences with Srila Prabhupada. And His uh, Holiness Bhaktichu Maharaj is not an ordinary person in the sense that he joined the Krishna Consciousness Movement and he eventually met Srila Prabhupada and he was initiated and he had a certain experience in Krishna Consciousness. Uh, Maharaj was recognized immediately by Srila Prabhupada to be a very, very special person. And therefore Prabhupada gave him uh, what you can call very special and uh, auspicious care, understanding that he would have a stellar performance of Krishna Consciousness, which would have a major impact on the movement in the future. Therefore, Prabhupada, recognizing uh, the qualities of of Maharaj, he immediately gave him, rather quickly gave him, first and second initiation, which is very rare. He only did it a few times. And not only that, along with that he gave his blessings that he would succeed uh, in the rest of his life to do wonderful things for Srila Prabhupada, such as translate his books into Bengali, which is a uh, very, let's say, long and taxing, uh, let's say, effort, because Prabhupada wrote over a hundred books, and many of them 400 pages long. So to be able to translate them, and translate them, oftentimes uh, people say, oh, I read the translation in Telugu. I don't really understand it that well. Or I read the translation in this other language, I didn't really understand it that well. They use strange language, strange words, and so forth. But the Bengali translation is very, very well done. And the proof is that many people in Bengal have taken up Krishna consciousness, which was not evident in the beginning, because uh, in the beginning, most of the devotees in India were Americans or Europeans. And there was not like a major rush of Indians becoming uh, devotees. But as the books began to be translated into Hindi and Bengali and other uh, vernacular languages of India, and, and, and Prabhupada's dynamic uh, expansion of the movement in India, all of a sudden, uh, many young Indian 
uh, men and women began to join the movement. But for many years, in the beginning, there were very few. Maharaj was only the first that uh, took to, to Krishna consciousness. So, by translating Prabhupada's books, uh, he went right into the heart of Srila Prabhupada. And uh, he, he was living not only physically with Srila Prabhupada as his personal servant for how long? At least a year? Ten months. Ten months. Yeah, he was his personal servant. He was cooking for him and performed many, let's say, uh, personal, intimate uh, services for Srila Prabhupada. I don't know all the story of Maharaj, more than I do, <laughs> about his services for Srila Prabhupada, but they were rather intimate. And because Maharaj spoke not only Bengali, but very good Bengali, Prabhupada sometimes revert from English to speaking privately with Maharaj of Bengali. You might want to share some of the things he said. Uh, I'm sure some of those things are very personal and private. So we see that we're very fortunate to have his visit here and his involvement with this temple. And uh, over the years, I've, uh, Maharaj and I became friends because uh, at one time, although he's a, uh, a very prominent devotee today, at one time he was just a brahmachari. <laughs> and uh, he, uh, well, you, you were not sannyasi when we first met. Yeah, yeah. You were, you were, okay, I'm sorry. So uh, he came, but very, uh, very humble way, and we met. And uh, at that time I was a grihasta, and I had, I had a rather very successful business in France. And uh, I was known to, you know, help people print Prabhupada's books in different languages. So uh, I had the great fortune of being able to uh, give you know, a, a fairly good donation at that time so that Maharaj could continue his work of translation and publishing Prabhupada's books. And I felt very honored that I had a chance to do that, that he gave me a chance to do that. So since that time, uh, I had a great uh, admiration and uh, respect for Bhakti Sri Maharaj. And then I've seen him also uh, in many situations where he's known to be extremely gentle, encouraging, uh, spiritually very astute in saying things and, and giving gestures of affection that touch people's hearts. And that's touched my heart. And he's always uh, encouraging people to become Krishna conscious. Because he was so close to Prabhupada, he saw Prabhupada in action. Uh, Prabhupada in action means that Prabhupada is always thinking of how to do good to others. And he was very concerned about people unnecessarily suffering and rotting in this world due to birth, death, old age, and disease. So carrying on that 
uh, spirit of Srila Prabhupada, uh, Maharaj has uh, also wanted to uh, give a glimpse to the whole world of the greatness of Prabhupada. So he spent many years and a lot of money making a film about the entire life of uh, Srila Prabhupada, which is a uh, madness opus, a great work of uh, dedicated service to his guru to glorify Prabhupada because people are into watching movies and being involved in the uh, you know, video world. So he made a video of the entire life of Srila Prabhupada. And in the process, he came in contact with many, many devotees that shared their experiences with Srila Prabhupada with Maharaj. And because of his generous heart, he also uh, chronicled the relationship of Srila Prabhupada with many of his uh, devotees, which is a wonderful thing to do. It's in, other, in other words, it's an uh, encyclopedia of transcendental experiences uh, of Srila Prabhupada in this world that's visual and uh, in a video form. Uh, and then he's done other many, many wonderful things. I don't, I can't, uh, I don't know everything, but he's always thinking about how to spread this movement. And then he also opened a wonderful temple in Ujjain, the uh, place where Krishna went to Gurukul at uh, his uh, teacher, Sandipani Muni's ashram. So it's a very famous place. It's on the bank of the Narmada River? No. Shipra. Shipra. Shipra River, yeah. And they, they have the Kumbha Mela there. Yeah. yeah. So it's a very, very famous place. Very, uh, let's say, uh, steeped in Krishna consciousness. And he's opened a wonderful temple. And now he's undertaking taking many... Uh, very, let's say, bold and exciting uh, strategies for spreading Krishna consciousness in that part of India, uh, in, especially in villages. Uh, actually, the villages of India are in a very, very dire situation. They've been contaminated by alcoholism and television and uh, American and Western culture that's virtually destroying the, uh, the seat of the traditional practice of Vedic culture. Uh, I remember when Abdul Kalam came here, he spoke in the uh, Kane Hall at the University of Washington. He, his plan was to put a computer in the hands of every child in every village of India. And he, he knew exactly how many villages there were. Right? Uh, runs into the thousands. And he wanted to connect them all to the internet. And I remember when, I, when he was speaking, and he, there was a question and answer, and I raised my hand. And I said, uh, I said, did you have access to the internet when you were growing up? He grew up in Sri Ranga. Huh? Uh, okay. He said, no. I said, but you turned out pretty good without the internet. And, uh, you know, and he sort of you know, looked at me like I'm uh, 
trying to criticize him. And I said, look, Gandhi's point was not to connect every village in India with the internet, but his point was to bring people back from the cities to the villages to live a simple life based on cow protection and ahimsa, peacefulness, and maintaining the original culture of India. He was against the industrialization of the country. He was against the centralization of the population in major cities. And you want to bring in all this, you know, Western culture right where, you know, India is, is, has kept alive the culture. So anyway, he wasn't so interested in what I said. Uh, but Maharaj is very concerned about the villages and the loss of uh, the traditional seat of practice of the Vedic culture. So his heart is full of affection and love, especially for Srila Prabhupada, because that he's dedicated his whole life to spreading this movement and honoring the reputation and legacy of Srila Prabhupada. So he is one of Srila Prabhupada's main soldiers of pre preaching and spreading the glories of the Sanctum movement. So we're very fortunate that he's here. And we look forward now to hearing from him. His book is a testament of his love for Srila Prabhupada, just as the film that he made of Prabhupada's entire life and all the other things he's done, right up to the last moment of his life. He'll be speaking about the glories of Srila Prabhupada and what he achieved as a loyal son or disciple and the relationship between the disciple who follows the instructions of the Guru strictly, and the Guru who has blessed the disciple to always stay on the path of Krishna consciousness is something that we should meditate on because that is the essence of spiritual life. Hare Krishna. Now I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, Hari Vilas Prabhu and I had been very close friends practically since the time we met. He was in Paris and he was running a very successful business. <clears throat> At the same time, he was also very much involved with Krishna Consciousness Movement. He was the one who actually started Krishna Consciousness in France. And the way I see Harivilas Prabhu is he is a very dedicated follower of Srila Prabhupada, very straightforward, very upright. And those days in the early 80s, our movement was going through a 
very difficult phase and although many devotees notice that but the not what they noticed that the leaders of that time were not really leading the movement properly although they were seeing that but they did not really speak up but i noticed how the last prabhu practically single handedly in france he stood up against the wrong doings of the so called leaders of that a movement had gone through a major difficult phase soon after shri prabhu's disappearance and so it was that time that arivilas prabhu took a very strong stand and in today's world often the ones those who speak the truth are not well appreciated people like to hear flattery people like to hear and that's why those who speak the truth often they become quite unpopular and just a thought that came to my mind in that respect was john the baptist he didn't care he just spoke what he saw was going wrong he just stood up and said it and you know what was the ultimate outcome of that you know Herod the king murdered him and time and time again i have seen how straightforward and outspoken hyvilas is at the same time he has a very soft heart like it's not that he is due to his grievance against somebody that he is taking a stand but his concern is the welfare of the movement and that's why he is just trying to and anyway so i feel very fortunate to have a friend and a god brother like him and and i also say personally noticed how he developed krishna consciousness in this part of the world seattle i used to come here not very often occasionally i came here in the early days although this year we are going to celebrate the 50th years of krishna consciousness in seattle but my personal experience is before hari vilas who came hardly anything was happening here 
And ever since his involvement, all kinds of wonderful things started to happen here. This temple came up. So many, so many of you have come forward. And so many of you have been so wonderfully trained by him. And as a result of that, you know, like you're progressing in your spiritual life so wonderfully. So this is how Krishna consciousness spreads. The sincere endeavor of devotees attract other sincere souls. And this is how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy, Shiva Prabhupada's mercy is spreading all over the world. And I feel very fortunate that somehow or other we have become, I have become involved in Seattle also. <laughs> and, and this is giving me some opportunities to be, to come close to Harivilas Prabhu also. Like, for many years, like, we didn't really, we used to meet each other during the GBC meeting, but those days, I mean, during the GBC meeting, you don't really associate. <laughs> you are together, but, and, but I remember the wonderful times we used to have in, I used to visit him quite often. I used to print the books in Bengali. I used to take care of the Bengali book publication, BBT. And whenever I went, Harivilas Prabhu gave me a substantial donation. And with his donation, we used to print the book. Thank you so much, Harivilas Prabhu, for all your help. And it's, I'm so fortunate that through him I got to know all of you, came close to all of you, although I'm not able to spend much time, but I feel a very close relationship with all of you. So to go back to today's event, <laughs> uh, I was telling Namagrata Prabhu when he told me about this book launch. I told him the books have been already launched <laughs> because uh, I know many of you have already received the book. This is a book that I wrote last year it was published and last year it was published and Actually, I never thought of writing because, yes, I had, I had been very fortunate to come quite close to Srila Prabhupada at a time when it was practically impossible to even approach Srila Prabhupada. Like those days Prabhupada used to have more than 6,000 initiated disciples and about uh, another few thousand followers. 
those who are not initiated. And everyone was dying to have a moment's association of Srila Prabhupada. Like at a time like that, I had the good fortune of being with Srila Prabhupada practically 24 hours a day. I came to Krishna consciousness quite late. I joined in 76 and Srila Prabhupada left this planet in 77 November and I met Srila Prabhupada in January 77 and as I mentioned like those days Prabhupada used to have so many followers, so many disciples that it was practically impossible to go near Srila Prabhupada. I became attracted to Srila Prabhupada by reading his one of his books, The Nectar of Devotion. And since then I decided to commit myself to Krishna consciousness, to Srila Prabhupada's lotus feet. And then I found out that Srila Prabhupada was in America at that time. So I was waiting for Srila Prabhupada to come back and I just went to visit Mayapur one day and I liked the atmosphere so much and devotees were inviting me to come and join the movement with them. And I already made up my mind, so I thought, yeah, why not? So it was like, it happened very quickly. I arrived in Mayapur in the evening, and I shaved up the next morning. <laughs> when I was shaving up, when I was getting my head shaved, I was thinking that I'll give it two months. And by the time my, uh, and if I didn't like it, then by two months my hair will grow and then I can grow. <laughs> and that's how it started. And those days I was thinking that, well, when Prabhupada came, I'll just go and meet him. And, but when I eventually got the opportunity to meet Srila Prabhupada or come to where Srila Prabhupada was. Prabhupada came back to India, he went to Kurmumela in Allahabad and I just also went there to meet him and with a group of devotees, there were about 300 devotees already there during because Kumamela is a very big occasion in India. So as soon as I arrived, I immediately went uh, to Srila Prabhupada's tent. But there was a devotee guarding Prabhupada's, the entrance to Srila Prabhupada's tent, which was uh, barricade, which was fenced by corrugated king sheets. And when I went there, he told me that, uh, no, not now, you can come in the evening, Prabhupada will give darshan, at that time you can come. So I left, and then, the leader of Mayapur at that time, Bhavananda Maharaj, 
He was just going to Prabhupada with a basket full of vegetables that he brought from Mayapur. And when he saw me, he said, come, I'm going to see Sri Prabhupada. So I followed him. But when I went there near the tent, we saw that Sri Prabhupada was sitting inside and just seeing Prabhupada, I just offered obeisances. And while Bhavananda Prabhu went inside, <clears throat> so when I got up after offering obeisances and then went to try to go in or about to go in, then Prabhupada's secretary at that time was Rameshwar Maharaj. He stopped me. He said, Prabhupada is taking prasad, don't go in now. And I felt so bad, I was cursing myself. Why did I offer obeisances to outside? I could have gone in and offered obeisances at that time, inside. Then no one could have stopped me. And, but then that time I realized that how difficult it must be to get close to Srila Prabhupada. And I resolved that, well, I'm not going to try to make an effort to get close to Srila Prabhupada. And Kumamela, as you know, like thousands, what thousands, hundreds of thousands of people come there. So, you know, we are distributing books and we are completely uh, engrossed in distributing books. In the evenings, Srila Prabhupada used to give darshan and used to go there. And in the mornings, we used to have Guru Puja of Srila Prabhupada. And sometimes Prabhupada would give the Bhagavatam class. So I would attend the class, attend the Guru Puja, but didn't try to get close to Srila Prabhupada. But then one morning we got the news that Srila Prabhupada was about to leave Kumamela. So I just took it casually, okay, Prabhupada is leaving. But then uh, Bhavananda Prabhu actually came to me and he said, today Prabhupada is leaving. And I said, yes, I know that. And he said that uh, a group of devotees will be traveling with Srila Prabhupada. And he mentioned that I had been included in that group that would travel with Srila Prabhupada. I couldn't, I mean, I practically started to jump with joy. <laughs> and I'll be traveling in the same train with Srila Prabhupada. Actually, this arrangement was made all of a sudden. One, one, just one day, Srila Prabhupada decided that he would leave Kumamela because he was not very, very happy being there. Because it was so noisy, so many people were blaring loudspeakers even at night, so he was feeling disturbed. So he decided to go. And then the devotees actually made the arrangement with some local contracts that one Calcutta-bound train, in a Calcutta-bound train, a first-class carriage will be hooked on for Srila Prabhupada. So, <clears throat> about 14 devotees were accompanying Srila Prabhupada in the train. And like it was one whole carriage meant for Srila Prabhupada. Where, <clears throat> and then, so we started at night, and it was the next morning, 
Bhavananda Maharaj just came to me and said, come, I'll take you to Srila Prabhupada. Now all these days, I was just dying to meet Srila Prabhupada. And now when the opportunity came and he said, come, I'll take you to Srila Prabhupada. Something happened, I felt that I was completely unqualified to go even more near Srila Prabhupada. Probably he could understand what was going on in my mind. So he took me by my hand, dragged me through the corridor, opened Srila Prabhupada's compartment door and pushed me in. <laughs> and I fell flat, offering obeisances. And when I got up, then Srila Prabhupada, Prabhupada was looking at me. And then Prabhupada said, Sit He wanted me to sit next to him. I said, Prabhupada, I'll sit on the floor. Because in the first class compartment in India, there are two seats facing each other. And one seat Prabhupada was sitting, and the other one facing his seat was, there were Ramishan Maharaj, Jayapataka Maharaj, and Babananda Maharaj sitting there. So, and Prabhupada said, sit here. So I said, Prabhupada, I'll sit on the floor. So one blank blanket was spread over the seat, so I rolled the edge of the blanket and sat in the corner. And after some initial exchanges, Prabhupada just told me, you translate my books into Bengali. And that actually created my good fortune. Like first of all, now, I had access to Srila Prabhupada with the plea that I have to show Srila Prabhupada what I translated. And Prabhupada was personally training me actually how to translate. And actually I was thinking, when Prabhupada told you to translate in French, he said, you understand, just Tell what you understood. And that's and that's what Prabhupada actually told me also. You read, you understand, and then you write what you understood. That is, Prabhupada didn't want us to just give some word-for-word -word translation as such. And that is, I think, you know, the real secret of proper translation. You read, you understand, and then you write what you understood. Anyway, so, and this actually gave me an kind of access to Srila Prabhupada and Prabhupada came to Calcutta and Prabhupada then went to uh, Bhuvaneshwar and then Prabhupada came back and in Mayapur one day he called me and he gave me a stack of letters in Bengali. And he wanted me to answer those letters. The way he used to do that, he used to give me the point. I used to read out the letters. And then he used to give me the points what to write. And then I had to formulate the whole letter actually, based on the points that she Prabhupada gave. So then after that, 
uh, Srila Prabhupada, when the Bengali stack was uh, replied, then Prabhupada gave me a stack of Hindi letters and he wanted me to try and reply them. And then while I was doing that, one day Srila Prabhupada told me that I am appointing you as my secretary for Indian affairs. And at that time Tamal Krishna Maharaj was proper secretary. So he called Tamal Krishna Maharaj and he asked him, he told him that he was appointing me as a secretary for Indian affairs and he wanted me to move into the room with him, which was the secretary's room. So this gave me another wonderful opportunity to be, to room with another very, very wonderful devotee. Very exalted, very sincere, very methodical, and his heart was completely in serving And then eventually Srila Prabhupada decided to leave the planet and he wanted to go to Vrindavan. And then Prabhupada withdrew himself completely, like he hardly was seeing anybody. Only the leading disciples used to give them guidance how to move them, how to take care of the movement. And at that time, <clears throat> three of us were practically with Srila Prabhupada all the time. Tamakrishna Maharaj, Upendra Prabhu and myself. And we had the good fortune of just being with Srila Prabhupada from a very, very intimate perspective. And as I was saying, like I, yes I had those experiences but I never really thought that, thought of writing a book as such. But some of my senior god brothers actually kept on insisting that I have to. And then when one god brother pointed out that, look, those intimate days, the last days of Srila Prabhupada, last few months, like three of you were so close, but two of them already left. Tamal Krishna Maharaj left this planet. Upendra Prabhu, who was Prabhupada's personal servant, he left. And he told that, you know, you are the only one who actually knew what happened those days. Because, anyway, so being kind of inspired in that way, I decided to write the book. And then the consideration was uh, getting it edited. So I approached one of my very scholarly godbrother, Garuda Prabhu. And Garuda Prabhu, I didn't discussed with him like, about getting the book edited. But he suggested Tamal Krishna Maharaj's younger brother. His name is, is now initiated by Giriraj Maharaj. His name is Kalachanji Prabhu. He is the head of the English department of the University of Iowa. 
and uh, and he did a wonderful job. And, like we worked very closely for months together, actually, and everything. And he actually shortened it. Like the initially, what I was presenting went well over 300 pages. And this was brought down to about 250 pages. And so that is how the book is there. And it was Kalachanji Prabhu who actually, actually when I wrote, I started from my search for a guru in India. I was in Europe, I was in Germany, and I went back to India searching for a guru and my uh, uh, presentation was from that point onwards but Kalachanji Prabhu insisted that no, you have to say, say something about your past also which I didn't actually want to do because I thought that this book is actually meant to speak about Shri Prabhupada not about myself but anyway, Kalachanti Prabhu actually gave me various reasons why it would be necessary. So, the first chapter was added to that, which where it is briefly saying about my past. <laughs> and so anyway, that, that's how this stands. And as I was telling uh, Namrata Prabhu, like the books have already been launched. So he was telling that uh, actually it was they decided that we should have officially and I can sign the, those who are taking the books. So how many of you have already taken it earlier? Okay. And how many of you, yeah, okay. So how did you like it? <laughs> and anyway, the point I was trying to make is that those who have uh, got the book, those who have taken it earlier, you can bring that also and uh, sign and rather try to personally present it to <laughs> you. <laughs> Thank you all very much. All glory to Srila Prabhupada. So, if you all want, I can just, or maybe if there's any question, you can ask. For a few minutes, maybe we can do some. Yes? What was your favorite characteristic of Srila uh, Prabhupada? Srila Prabhupada's, as it says in the book, ocean of mercy. <laughs> like, Shri, like the way he like, carried himself, or the way he was um, like personally merciful to you, or, uh, or, or merciful towards, towards everyone? Uh, Yes, uh, you know, like that reminds me of a definition of a Vaishnava. He's soft as a rose petal and hard as a thunderbolt. <laughs> that is how Srila Prabhupada was. <clears throat> Some, like, it's not that Prabhupada, sometimes the devotees think that Prabhupada must have been so soft and kind and all. But I often think like the heavy side of Srila Prabhupada, like when he would chastise you, you would feel that 
unconsciously your vertebral column is shaking. <laughs> like, another occasion I heard that uh, I was not there, it was in America. Like some leading devotees made some blunder, some major mistake. So Prabhupada called them and Prabhupada chastised them so heavily that when Prabhupada asked them to leave, they could leave, they could get up. <laughs> and Prabhupada even shouted, now you leave. So they practically on the floor. <laughs> they crawled out of the room, they couldn't even stand up. <laughs> so that is Shri Prabhupada. <laughs> like, I mean, he was literally he used to be hard as a thunderbolt. Like when he chastised somebody, even I mean, even when he was sick. Okay, I'll give you one example. Prabhupada went to Vrindavan to leave his body. We were in Rishikesh one night, Prabhupada. I was attending Srila Prabhupada. Like even at night one of us used to be with Srila Prabhupada. And my shift was from 12 to 3. And <clears throat> one night Srila Prabhupada called me and he told me, the time has come for me to leave my body. I want to leave my body in Vrindavan. Please take me to Vrindavan. Like this was such a shock. Like I ran downstairs, woke up Tamar Krishna Maharaj and told him what Prabhupada said. And then Tamar Krishna Maharaj also came running upstairs and Prabhupada told him the same thing. <clears throat> that night only we packed up and in the morning we left for Vrindavan. So Prabhupada this way, Prabhupada just came to Vrindavan to leave his body. And so it was during that time, one day Tamar Krishna Maharaj told me that if Prabhupada leaves his body, we do not really know what to do about his, you know, about his samadhi. So, <clears throat> he told me that I heard one of Prabhupada's godbrother was very saintly godbrother, Srila Krishnadas Babaji Maharaj. So, he said, I heard that Krishna Babaji Maharaj in, in, in Madhav Maharaj's mark. You go and find out from him what need, what will be needed to be done. So <clears throat> I went to Madhav Maharaj's mark. My Babaji Maharaj was not there, so I was told that he was somewhere else. So I went there also, he was not there. And finally I came back and it was quite some time. I was away for quite some time. So when I came back, I was told that Prabhupada was looking for me. So I went to Srila Prabhupada and asked him, Srila Prabhupada, you looking for me? 
Prabhupada's where did you go? So I just said, I went to see Krishna Dharbhavati Maharaj. Srila Prabhupada asked, why did you go there? Now I couldn't tell him why I went there. <laughs> you know, because, because... And I was just silent. So he asked again. And I was, I couldn't say anything. And as I was silent, Prabhupada was asking, and Prabhupada's voice was becoming louder and louder. Like, and as I said, like I was kind of uncontrollably shaking, trembling. Then finally I spoke up and said, Prabhupada, Tamar Krishna Maharaj sent me. So then Prabhupada said, oh, I see. So from that I learned one lesson. Prabhupada didn't want us to go anywhere. Even Babaji Maharaj, who was so saintly, he didn't even have a temple for himself. He didn't have a single disciple. He was just a kind of a traveling, avadhuta uh, kind of a personality. But Prabhupada was so concerned, like, you know, he didn't want us to go anywhere because uh, Prabhupada wanted all, all of us to stay in his corner and never ever leave his corner. And later on, Prabhupada did tell us. And no matter whatever happens, never ever leave this. So these are uh, some experiences. They all have been recorded in this book. And so, uh, so this is my, uh, as you are asking, my impression of Srila Prabhupada's demeanor. Straight to the point. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Okay. Yes. Uh, Maharaj, I would like to add something to Harvey Moss's uh, statements that he made earlier this evening. And then there is this. Uh, yeah, I think you have to switch it on. Hare Krishna. What I would like to try and express is my deep appreciation for the courage that you have displayed in support of my dear friend Hari Vilas and this project that Srila Prabhupada planted here in this area. You have done many things that are not known by most people but I do have an awareness of the courage that you have displayed personally to support this project, and I want to thank you so very much. Thank you so much. Well, my little endeavor, my humble endeavor to serve my glorious spiritual master and his Life holder. <coughs> Thank you. <clears throat> yes. Maharaj, um, your title of the book um, made me realization the first generation to become a relaxed baby. Once you mentioned in the class, uh, 
the leader should have four qualities vision cultivate facilitate fourth one i forgot i'm sorry where i heard to go back and listen i cannot find i don't know how to find that class i didn't mean mention four i actually mentioned three <laughs> <laughs> and those three i reiterate a leader must have a vision a leader must be able to facilitate uh, motivate his followers to achieve their vision yeah and he must facilitate his followers to accomplish that goal mm-hmm. yeah. harulas prabhu this is uh, especially his palanser revelation and uh, i also recently his holiness devadas maharaj's uh, class um, i mean offering you mentioned in the early days when shri prabhupada sent jayapadar uh, maharaj to mayapur he is the one who sustained or then mayapur dham similarly if shri prabhupada did not choose harivlas prabhu to be his disciple today no one is i mean i don't have a words to say but he sacrificed everything i don't know this is my personal i cannot speak about everyone today we are not there at the lotus feet of krishna and shrila prabhupada and at the lotus feet of harivilas prabhu thank you harivilas prabhu please and uh, one more thing maharaj radhanath maharaj always emphasized we should not look at the quantity we have to look at the quality all glories to shrila prabhupada all glories to harilas prabhu and all glories to you he is the gem of this temple he is the gem of the disciple of i mean i don't know how to put it together the words and my english is very bad you know is the perfect disciple of shrila prabhupada thank you thank you so maybe you can go on to signing the books hari vilas do you want to say something yeah yeah mike hari krishna yeah i wanted to give some good news uh, several things happened recently uh, since your arrival <laughs> that are very auspicious for the future of this movement here in Seattle. Number one, today we had a meeting with uh, some officials of the of Belgium. And it looks like we're going to have our first major uh, Rathiatra card festival. <laughs> through the hard work of many of the devotees, especially Venkat uh, Ramana Prabhu and Dhamagar Prasad Prabhu, Anurag Prabhu and others, Pandu Vijay Prabhu has worked very hard to set up this meeting and prepare for it. We had to present a lot of information that uh, convinced them that it's possible to do. And actually, uh, 
hopefully the route we're going to take is basically circling the, the Crossroads Mall, but you know, through the streets where there's thousands of Indians going and, and other people. So that's one good news, and uh, uh, this could grow into a huge you know, parade in the future. And this is the first day. And second thing is that we have a very good chance of paying off the entire mortgage of this temple in the next few months. Um, one very generous uh, family has donated $100,000 toward it. And the total amount due is $427,000. Um, I feel very confident that we will raise it uh, by Jen Mostyn. And uh, think in your heart how glorious it would be to pay off the mortgage of this temple. Because very soon we're going to get all the permits to open up our Bellevue temple. And believe me, that temple is going to be very, very successful. I can guarantee it. Uh, it's in a very prominent place, and many people are waiting for us to open it. And many good things are going to happen there. So, uh, the only reason these things can happen is because uh, there is a core group of devotees who are dedicated the Sangha Prabhupada's this kind of movement succeed gloriously in the Seattle area. Without that core group, and the core group is, is a large group, it's not a small group, it's not just a few people. Uh, this temple was built not with bricks and mortar, it is built with the prayers of the devotees. The next steps that are going to come, which will be very significant, uh, will also only grow by the prayers of the devotees. Prayers and the purity of heart and intention of the devotees. In the spiritual world, there's cooperation. In the material world, there's argument. So, what we want to show is the spiritual world of cooperation with one goal, that is to please Radha and Krishna and our acharyas, especially Siddha Prabhupada. So how do we do that? Uh, there's no envy involved because if you please Krishna, I'm happy because that's my goal. And if I please Krishna, you should be happy because that's your goal. Therefore there's no argument. The argument only comes when there's a personal selfish interest. Then there's going to be a big argument. So as long as we don't have any selfish interest, but we are selflessly engaged in the service of Krishna, many wonderful things are going to happen. And uh, I can predict now that... Uh, we can have a major impact on the entire Seattle area.
by opening up the Belgic Temple, paying off the mortgage here, and now we've become accepted by uh, Seattle Center as the representative of the Indian culture and their festival program. This month, we have a free, large, very large booth at the Northwest Folklife Festival, uh, which is the biggest, uh, second biggest festival in the entire Seattle area. That is because of our connection with the festival uh, program. And uh, that is going to make us extremely visible in the entire Seattle area. And on top of all that, we're going to do something that is uh, going to be revolutionary in the Bellevue Temple. I, I won't say what it is now, but it's going to be extremely re revolutionary if it happens. It's a, a, a new idea that we're talking about. And if it works, it could make that temple the hub of the entire Seattle Indian community. So please follow the regulative principles strictly. Chant very sincerely. Then we cannot even imagine how wonderful it will be to see the entire Seattle area of Krishna consciousness. It will be a new era not only for Seattle and Washington State, but for America. We are capable of doing it. We're capable of doing it with the help and guidance of Maharaj and the well-wishing of all the members of our community and the following strictly of the regulatory principles that Srila Prabhupada has given us. That is the secret. And we should become more and more dedicated to following these principles, chanting sincerely, and improving our sadhana, and being available for more and more service. The goal of all Krishna conscious education is service. Without service, we have not understood the philosophy. And service means you have to go beyond your limits. You have to go beyond your limits. So thank you very much, and thank you, Maharaj. And now we will continue with the books. Hare Krishna.